0: As we look forward to next season, who are my favorite prospects returning to college basketball? I will reveal my top five as well as two sleeper prospects that I believe you should know about. All that coming up next. You are a Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen today. Hopefully, that's the case every day. I very much, and we as the hosts of this show, very much appreciate that support. I am taking it solo today. My name is Sam Ferris, as you can see in the header there. If you're listening, though, you can follow me at Draft Dummies on Twitter. Even through the offseason, we're still grinding. I'm still posting clips of the coming class, my thoughts on the rookies from last season and the guys heading into the NBA as well. So there's always stuff to do as it relates to the draft, college basketball, and the young, great crop of players in the NBA. I like to cover all of it. But today, I want to hit on one of my favorite topics, which is finding the players that I believe to be the best prospects that were in college basketball last year and are going to be returning this year. I love finding some of those diamonds in the rough. Now, some guys are a little bit more obvious. Some guys are a bit more of the sleeper type. And I, I posted my top five on Twitter uh, sometime in the last week when i do that i i just do have to include some sleepers that's kind of part of the fun i'm not going to post the same group that everyone else has what's the fun in that so uh, the way that i'm going to do this today though uh, to make it kind of fun and i only have 30 minutes so i'm not going to get through all five i've talked about three that i'm going to hit on today in each of the segments i'm going to talk about what i saw from them last year and then what w- what do i want to see from them from them this year slash Kind of what would be the ideal outcome for them heading into next, uh, into the next draft. Um, so the five guys, and these are in no particular order, but the five guys that I listed as my top five returners. Uh, the three guys that I think are a little bit more obvious that most people would have: Terquavion Smith, NC State; Deron Holmes, Dayton; Harrison Ingram, out of Stanford. And then the two sleeper slash long shot guys that I picked uh, Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine and Ricky council who transferred to Arkansas this year. Uh, so the three guys that I'm going to hit on today are Turquavion Smith, Deron Holmes, and then Maxwell Lewis in the final segment. Um, so let's get right into it with the first guy. I'll give kind of the physical profile and the stat profile from last year 6 foot 4 160 terquavion smith kind of a combo guard averaged 16 points four rebounds two assists on 40 37 and 70 splits last season as a freshman again for nc state so if i would have to describe his strengths as a prospect i'd start with the jump shot Uh, But the versatility there is what's promising and what's important because he took a heavy load of pull-up jumpers. So that was good to see. That's something he can get to consistently and often, and and he's going to make it. But that ability to hit the pull-up combined with being a very good spot-up shooter is what's so important because in the NBA, as a guy that's a combo guard and he's kind of undersized, you have to be able to play with different types of lineups. And so that scalability offensively where, yes, he can play on the ball, he can run, pick, and roll. I think he's actually an underrated passer is one of the takeaways for me uh, in terms of his season last year. He doesn't get talked about as a great passer, and, and I don't see him as a lead guard primarily, but I think he's a good passer for it too. Uh, but anyway, the, the versatility offensively where can play on the ball, But a lot of times, he's going to be playing next to another ball-dominant player, most likely in the NBA. And that's kind of what we saw from him last year at NC State. Now, I think he's going to move more on ball this year. Uh, But that ability to, you know, if they've got another guy that needs the ball, Turquavion's fine being a really good spot-up shooter. Last year, shot 41.5% on spot-ups. Uh, and on open jumpers, he shot fifty six percent. So those numbers are really good. And athletically too, to get into the kind of the physical profile, he's only six foot four, but he's very quick and fast as well. And he's a he's a good leaper. The issue is that he's only one hundred sixty pounds, and so some of that is negated, or some of it's not all that functional around the rim especially, is where he struggled the most. Only shot 48% at the rim, which is really not very good at all. And so just the functionality of his athleticism uh, in tight quarters when there's physical contact, especially around the rim, is somewhere where he could stand to improve with some addition of just some weight strength. And I think that will come at least to an extent as he ages. I think he's certainly always going to be a skinny type. And he's never going to make his money getting into the rim and finishing. But if he could make some improvements there, that would certainly help because the 48% on layups last year kind of really brought down his overall efficiency of his offensive game. Um, But one uh, trivia question I wrote down that's kind of interesting. Terquavion Smith made 96 threes last year. So, If you want to go ahead and pause this after I read the question, I'll I'll give you a second or two to, to think about a potential answer, just for a little bit of fun here. little trivia on the pod today. Who was the last ACC freshman to make that many threes? Again, Turquavion Smith made 96 last year. So the answer is Gary Trent did it in his lone season at Duke. I thought that was kind of fun. Gary Trent, certainly a very good shooter. Turquavion Smith similarly a very good shooter but getting back to finishing up on the athleticism one thing that's kind of fun with him is uh, he he pretty much almost exclusively dunks with the left hand even though he's a right-handed player so kind of shades of john wall there and you know i always look like to look at the block and steal numbers because like everything you kind of have to evaluate Athleticism both statistically, and of course the eye test more than anything takes precedent. But uh his numbers as a block and steel guy were really good. 1.5% block rate, 2.4% steel rate were very good for a six foot four guard. So those things were all positives, we're all good to see. Now, if everything is to go right next season like a best case scenario for him. I think what happens is he just becomes a big time scorer, which he already is. He already averaged 16. And frankly, I thought he was going to enter the draft, but I think it's a good decision because I think he can end up potentially becoming a lottery pick. Like some of these returners to college are going to have to hit. There's always risers in college that outplay expectations. Last year, Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray were those guys. Terquavion Smith is positioning himself to be one of those guys, and he can make himself a ton of money if he ends up being a lottery pick compared to where he would have been drafted last year, likely as a late first round pick. But, you know, if everything goes right next year, big time score, 20 points per game. But what I really want to see improve is last year, 69.8% on free throws. And look, I view him as His biggest strength is being a shooter, but to feel more comfortable with that, I would really like to see that go up at least to like high 70s. But if he's as good of a shooter as I think, then ideally we'd like to see him shoot in 80% range on free throws at least. And then the other obvious area we hit on, some improvement either as a finisher around the rim because 48% isn't good enough. You can't be... An efficient guard unless you're just a big time three-point shooter if you're not getting to the rim that often and you're shooting 48 when you're there and then the last thing is the free throw rate like i think either one of the finishing or the free throw rate have to improve he just doesn't get to the line enough and generally the easiest way to boost your efficiency is be a very good three-point shooter or get free throws or layups And I believe in the three-point shooting, but I need to see one of those two other areas, whether it be the layup or the free throw, really improve. And so before I get into a break, just want to give two potential NBA comparisons. Uh, Like a kind of high-end comp would be an Anfernee Simons. But a guy recently that went in the draft a couple of years ago is Trey Mann of Oklahoma City. Not as much aesthetically, but in terms of the stat profile, where Trey Mann also kind of struggles finishing around the rim, but he's an elite space creator and shot creator in terms of getting to his step back on the perimeter. Uh, Turk Smith, Turquavion has the step back, but he's just so jittery, he can get into that pull up whenever he wants. And so both of them are similar kind of from a if you look at their shot profile and where they're getting their shots from. So... Those are two players that I'd kind of classify him as similar to at least from a from a statistical profile or at least if you're looking at the shot chart. Simons again pretty high end outcome Simons is like probably going to be a borderline all-star player next year. And so that's kind of the recap on Turquavion. The Athletic has him at number 11 on their initial mock draft. I'd have him a bit lower probably in the 14 to 20 range, some at some spot just outside of the lottery heading into next year. All right, we got to get into a break, but coming up after that, we're going to hit on Deron Holmes, the big man out of Dayton. So, the first message today is brought to us by NHTSA. A lot of my listeners have likely had some similar situation to this, where you're hanging out with some friends, maybe you're putting back a few drinks, and a few might become too many, and maybe as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you might think of calling for a ride, but then you say to yourself, no, nah, you live you know, pretty nearby, you can make it home, it's not that big of a deal, what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway, and what's the worst that could really happen? Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and can be deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our road to save lives. So just the message that if you're thinking you're okay to drive after a few drinks, just think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life. And also someone else's forever. So drive sober or get pulled over. All right, Deron Holmes, one of my favorite under-the-radar guys. The statistic, the analytics side. love Deron Holmes even last year. But first, the physical profile, 6'10", 220. You know, played mostly center for Dayton last year. He's certainly a big at this point. Averaged 13 points, six rebounds last year on 65, 14, 59 splits. Again, mostly a two-point score at this point in the post. Uh, But to start, I want to give kind of a stat on him that will kind of paint the picture of why I am so high on on De'Ron Holmes heading into next season as a prospect. So he had the fourth highest box plus-minus score last year among all freshmen all freshmen so only three guys that he was behind were chet Holman, jabari smith and kennedy chandler and then if you look at the guys after him it's guys like Paolo, aj griffin like basically everyone else was a draft pick and very good very very good freshman and and it's him right in the mix of those guys and so he was the highest recruiting date in history. He certainly lived up to it, and especially down towards the end of the season, really came on. Look, I think, I really do think he's an under the radar All America candidate as soon as next season. And I think he is the best big man prospect, in my opinion, returning to college basketball next year. So, you know, what are his biggest strengths? Well, To me, he has both incredible hands and feet as a big. And that's huge because that applies to such a wide range of areas. But as of now in college, you mostly see that in terms of him getting the ball in the post. And his footwork is sublime. Like I posted a video sometime in the last few weeks of a bunch of clips. All from one game, there were four buckets he scored within a span of six minutes. Just six minutes of game time. All different types of fakes, a series of pivots, and his balance is incredible. And and then he's just such a good finisher with, you know, good, I'd say, decent athleticism for a big. and, And just always on balance, even after a series of fakes. And so that footwork is awesome, pivoting around the rim and scoring. But the hands, too, are huge. That's something I really look for in a big. There was one play that really stood out to me where on a fast break, it was a two-on-one. He was running uh, down the middle and the guard tried to throw a bounce pass to him and it was like way too far behind, a really not a great pass. It might've even gotten tipped uh, by the defender, but he somehow reeled reeled it in with one hand behind him, picked it up and then flushed it for a powerful dunk. And so um, you, you just don't see bigs that are that coordinated and skilled with decent athleticism that often that also have good hands and feet. And so that coordination, that dexterity for a big is really intriguing to me. And also frankly, he was just super productive, obviously looking at both the raw stats and the BPM, but again, the hands and the feet as a big really stand out to me. Now, if we're looking forward both to next season, but also the NBA translation, because when we're talking about bigs, you have to talk about the NBA translation. And so what I want to talk about is, you know, as a big, if we're thinking that you have a chance to start or really make an impact in the NBA, you really have to meet a couple different thresholds. You have to either be a very good rim protector or very versatile defensively. And if you're not an elite big, like an all NBA level big offensively, then you have to almost be able to stretch the floor offensively too. So you kind of almost have to meet two of those three things. Defensively, either the rim protector, but more ideally the defensive versatility. And then offensively, uh, for a skilled big like him, he's probably going to need to stretch it out to the three-point line. And so two of those three things got a hit, and right now, like, I'd say all three of them are pretty unsure. And that's what makes me more confident in him as a college player than as an NBA player. But you can say that about basically every big, big man prospect, right, in college basketball. And the thing is, too, that I like to think about is, although he has fantastic footwork offensively, I want to see... Defensively, I'd like to see him more out on an island because there's been plenty of guys that are very good offensive big men with good footwork, whether it be Cantor, Al Jefferson, where the footwork offensively does not translate to moving your feet defensively and guarding on the perimeter at all. So I think those are all still up in the air. I I do think it's likely he ends up shooting even though the free throw numbers weren't good and he didn't really make any threes, at least he took a few and he does have uh, like, he'll get the ball in the mid post and like a lot of the bigs had in like the nineties, whether it's Patrick Ewing or like Carl Malone, you think of uh, where they pivot inside and then hit that little like mid range fadeaway jumper. Uh, like he has that. And it looks pretty smooth again. Like everything he does inside the three point line offensively looks very, very smooth. But can he boost again the free throw rate, the free throw percentage, excuse me, or just start making or taking a few more threes would make me feel more comfortable about his NBA translation offensively? Again, a similar to a guy like Drew Timmy. Now, I think Holmes is more talented and has more potential defensively, but you can't really just be a post scorer. You got to be able to stretch it out. And, and like he's going to be doing a lot of, kind of the DHO, the handoff, the quick hitter stuff on the perimeter, which he already does pretty well, but adding in a perimeter jumper is huge for him. And then defensively, like I said, I think he had an 8% block rate last year, which is fine, but I don't see him becoming like a high-end rim protector. I think he can be like probably below average compared to centers there. Now, is there a chance he can play the four – well, that's where the defensive versatility comes in. And that's the number one thing I'm going to watch for next season because like, I don't doubt him offensively at all at the college level. He's going to score. He's going to get buckets. He's going to rebound. He He's going to put up big-time numbers. But it's the shooting, and it's especially the defensive versatility that I'm looking for from him next year. But, again, Deron Holmes – The big from Dayton to me is a guy I would watch. I think he's going to dominate college basketball next year. And even with these concerns or, you know, they're, they're just question marks with all bigs. When you look at the translation to the NBA, I still think he has that dexterity. He has the hands and the feet. He's got some tools. I, I just need to see it translate a little more on the defensive side of the ball next year to make me feel more comfortable. Right now, I'd probably have him in a 20 range or so heading into next season. All right, we got to get into another break. But then finally, I will hit on my sleeper. Well, one of my two sleepers, Ricky Council's another one that I'll have to hit on another time. But Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine is the guy that I'm going to hit on today. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events, the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Again, that's Bet Online where the game starts. So, Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine, 6'7, 195 pounds. He's a wing for Pepperdine. As a freshman last year, he wasn't all that heralded, and he averaged 11 points, two rebounds on 42, 36, 80 splits. Again, 11 and 2 on 42, 36, 80 splits last year. But important to note, take into account that he did have a wrist injury. He only played 20 of 31 games last year. And being a freshman, under the radar guy, it did take him a while to get rolling to hit his stride. So there were basically, there's basically one 10 game stretch last year that was really, really promising that I look at with him and during that 10 game stretch averaged 14 a game while also shooting 44% from 3. So let's start with his strengths as a prospect that I look at is he athletically he just does and again statistically with the 3% block rate and 3.3% steal rate like those numbers are elite. Those numbers are really really good just by looking at that and the fact that he's 6 foot 7 like that to to me already makes him an NBA prospect because you just rarely find wings at six, seven with legit enough size. Now I'm interested to see what he ends up measuring as, because, you know, if he's one of those guys that ends up being closer to six, five, I think that will hurt him because of, you know, his main pitch is the defensive versatility at that size. And so that's something I'll be watching for later on in the draft process. But Right now we'll take it for what it's worth at six foot seven and huge defensive activity. When you look at the numbers with steals and blocks and it stands out, he pops on film. He's everywhere. Um, There was one play that I watched. I watched the game against St. Mary's the other day. He picks the point guard in the open floor and then just kind of runs, pulls away from everyone with a big time dunk. So he's got the speed. He's got the hands. He's got the leaping ability At six foot seven, so checks the boxes physically and both statistically for an athlete as well. But it's that combined with the shooting upside that makes him like really intriguing to me because you can find six foot guys that are six foot seven guys that are good athletes, but you rarely find guys that are six foot seven good athletes that can also shoot as freshmen that are under the radar like this. Now, some of those guys end up just going and getting drafted immediately but a guy like him coming back a guy that was under the radar was injured not a big time like name coming into college basketball last year so it's rare you find this package of wing size legit athleticism and shooting ability again 36% 80 from the free throw line so two really good numbers but again i zero in on that that uh that 10 game stretch 14 a game on 44% from 3 and like, even on top of that, honestly, like he's not a one or two dimensional guy. He can dribble. He can pass a little and he can score. So he's not one dimensional. Like he, he'll probably end up being obviously a role player in the NBA where the three and D plus where there's a little more he can do hopefully, but at least it looks like he can defend and shoot at a decently high level. And there are just so few of those guys that the supply isn't there, but the demand is crazy high. If he plays well next year, I think he could be a name that really, really breaks out. So he is my sleeper pick. Again, not a big name, but a guy to really keep an eye on. And frankly, I'm really excited to see Pepperdine play next year because they've got him. They've got Houston Millette, who's another under-the-radar Sophomore next season to keep an eye on, like low key, they might have the most professional NBA potential, uh, in the West Coast Conference over Gonzaga. That's actually an interesting debate because Gonzaga doesn't have the Chet Holmgren this year, like Drew Timmy, I don't think is is an NBA player. Um, and so that's an interesting debate. Maybe we'll have to do an episode on that later on, but again, for him a best like high end outcome it's it's pretty simple if he does what he did during that 10 game stretch last year but is able to extrapolate that or carry that over the larger sample of a full season next year and be that effective then his name is going to blow up i think in terms of nba draft circles so i'm trying to get in a little early on him maybe it takes him till his junior year But I have a feeling he's going to be a bit of a breakout guy this year. So he'll be fun to watch. Again, in the WCC, so he might be under the radar a little bit. But again, if you're wing-sized, wing athlete who can shoot and do some other stuff, and if he starts putting up decent numbers next year, then uh, people are going to start paying attention. So I just wanted to be here first on that one. I would say Terquavion Smith, everyone, or at least 90, 80% of people are in agreement. Deron Holmes, a little bit less. He's a little more under the radar. Maxwell Lewis is my kind of long shot here that I I would put some, some of my stock into as we head into next season. So hope you have enjoyed this episode. Why don't you let me know who are some of either your sleepers, your favorite returning prospects heading back to college basketball. And what do you think of my list, specifically the three guys in Turquavion Smith in Deron Holmes in Maxwell Lewis? Do you agree with those guys? What do you see from them next year? Uh, Is there anyone else? Obviously there's going to be a lot more podcasts coming your way. Anyone else that specifically you'd like to hear about? Um, Again, it's kind of the off season, but there's still a lot of work to be done. I enjoy doing it. I love doing it. Do it year round, but we wouldn't do it as much without you. So thank you, audience, for tuning in and for listening. I appreciate you guys every time I do this. Um, Again, Sam Ferris, you can follow me at Draft Dummies if you're looking for more of that content. I'm constantly posting on Twitter. Uh, But thank you guys for tuning in. Have a good rest of your afternoon.